Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. For decades, researchers have dreamed about harnessing the power of genetic technology to prevent or treat a range of diseases. A synthetic version of a molecule in the human body known as messenger ribonucleic acid, or mRNA, held that promise. Just how to make it work presented daunting challenges that much of the science community thought was a mountain too high to climb. But a handful of researchers didn't give up. They spent years trying to solve the mystery of mRNA. Then, just like a made-for-TV movie but very much real, they cracked the code just in time to save the world from the deadly novel coronavirus. mRNA vaccines work by delivering instructions to cells that empower those cells to produce antigens, which are molecules that prompt an immune system response in your body— which includes your immune system creating antibodies that can identify and fight an invader like the coronavirus. But let's unpack all of that. To understand mRNA vaccine technology and how it's being used to protect us from COVID-19, we need to talk about proteins. Proteins are often referred to as the building blocks of life. They're essential for the structure, function, and regulation of the body's tissues and organs. Every cell in your body contains tens of thousands of distinct proteins, each of which is made up of several types of amino acids that attach to each other to create chains of varying lengths that fold into various shapes. A protein's shape has a great deal to do with its function. Some proteins regulate specific processes within a cell, like growth, development, metabolism, and reproduction. Some proteins act as biological catalysts to help the body build muscle, destroy toxins, and break down food particles during digestion. Other proteins are antibodies that let the immune system fight infections and clear out harmful pathogens. Cells are assigned their amino acid sequences and thus told the function of their proteins via the body's messenger RNA, or mRNA. You can think of this process like a spy mission. mRNA hands the cell instructions to make a certain protein. Once the cell makes its protein, the cell destroys the instructions and then goes to work manufacturing that specific protein. A few researchers began to wonder, what if science could develop a synthetic mRNA with a specific coding sequence that could be delivered to the body and instruct cells to create any type of protein, uh, growth agents to repair damaged tissues, enzymes to cure rare diseases, or antibodies to protect against infection. In 1990, a group of University of Wisconsin researchers actually succeeded in making synthetic mRNA and tested it in laboratory mice. Unfortunately, that synthetic mRNA was identified by the mice's immune systems as an invader and was destroyed before ever reaching the target cell to deliver the coded message. Many in the scientific world saw this as a fatal flaw and turned their attentions elsewhere. But two researchers at the University of Pennsylvania set out to find a way to make mRNA more stable. In 2005, after a decade of painstaking research, they discovered that they could use tiny balls of fat called lipid nanoparticles, or LPNs, to protect the synthetic mRNA. This gave the fragile molecule stealth-like qualities that enabled it to escape the immune system's radar. With this tool in hand, more research followed. In 2010, 
the Cambridge, Massachusetts-based pharmaceutical and biotechnology company Moderna Incorporated was founded to focus specifically on mRNA vaccine technologies. The name Moderna comes from combining the words modified and RNA. And meanwhile, back in 2008, German-based BioNTech, a short for Biopharmaceutical New Technologies, had been founded to develop pharmaceutical cancer immunotherapy candidates using mRNA technology. In 2018, the company partnered with U.S.-based Pfizer Incorporated to develop mRNA-based flu vaccines. And then the world was hit by a pandemic. Researchers everywhere began directing all their efforts toward developing a vaccine for the novel coronavirus. And all of this research that had come before is part of how mRNA vaccines got approved so fast. Let's talk about viruses. Viruses cannot reproduce on their own. They need to infect a host cell in a creature's body to begin the process, which can make the creature sick. For an mRNA vaccine for COVID-19 to work, researchers needed to know which protein the virus was using to attack host cells. And for that, they needed to crack COVID-19's genetic code. This process was simplified because the virus that causes COVID-19 was similar to two other coronaviruses that had previously infected humans, MERS and SARS. By December 31st of 2019, when China first reported pneumonia-like infections from some kind of virus or group of similar viruses, Chinese researchers were already working to map the virus's genetic code. About two weeks later, on January 12th of 2020, they released the gene sequence data. This gave researchers everywhere the ammunition to start on a vaccine. For the article this episode is based on, HowStuffWorks spoke with Paul Gepfert, MD, a professor of medicine at the University of Alabama at Birmingham and an expert in vaccine design. He said, We knew that the spike protein was the Achilles heel. mRNA vaccines are amenable to very rapid development, We got kind of lucky from that aspect. A week later, Moderna and Pfizer made their vaccines. The companies were then able to propel ahead of drug companies developing traditional vaccines and move quickly into animal testing. And shortly thereafter, human trials began. Both the Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech vaccines are performing surprisingly well. Studies have shown that a full double dose of Pfizer's or Moderna's vaccine provides 95% and 94% protection against the original virus, respectively. Yet, barely half of all Americans are fully vaccinated. Gepfert said, One of the reasons for vaccine hesitancy is that people have this misunderstanding that mRNA COVID vaccines were developed so quickly, and that in doing so, we skipped safety evaluation, which is not true at all. This vaccine has been tested on incredible numbers of people, and it actually underwent the normal safety testing of any products— And now that it's under emergency use authorization, we have millions more safety data, actually more than any other product that we've had for a vaccine. These mRNA vaccines work so well because they induce multiple arms of defense in the immune system. Gipford explained, they induce the neutralization of antibodies, which I think of as spears because they can knock out the virus before you even get infected. They induce functional antibodies, which utilize cells to be more effective. And they induce T-cell responses, both helper and killer cell responses, which are extremely important. T-cells help prevent severe disease and death. 
Traditional vaccines also create neutralizing antibodies and induce antibody responses, but aren't as good at inducing T-cell responses. So, what does the future hold for mRNA technology? This is likely just the beginning. Back in 2017, two clinical trials were already underway to test mRNA vaccines against several infectious diseases, including HIV, influenza, Zika, and rabies. Other research is testing whether mRNA technology could prevent cancer from recurring. It turns out that mRNA vaccines can target almost any pathogen as long as you code for the right protein to stimulate the right immune response. That means scientists think diseases like malaria, tuberculosis, hepatitis B, and cystic fibrosis could all be prevented in the future with mRNA vaccines. Gepfert said, These vaccines are remarkable. Even in older adults, they work really, really well, which is unusual for most any vaccine that we have. So that's just remarkable. Today's episode is based on the article, Will mRNA Technology Transform Medicine Beyond COVID-19? on HowStuffWorks.com, written by Jennifer Walker-Journey. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio in partnership with HowStuffWorks.com and is produced by Tyler Klang. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.